Mindset Game Podcast, and I'm your host, James Robert. Before we get started with this week's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And today's guest, I've got Ivan Kosic. He's a sitting volleyball player from the Croatian national team. So thanks for coming on, Ivan. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. No problem. So for the guys that don't know a lot about yourself, can you tell them how you got into fitness and more so uh, how you got into, involved into, with sitting volleyball? Well, um, so I was uh, doing sports before I got into the accident in which I lost my leg. So I was a basketball player and uh, I was in the cadet team, the cadet national team uh, at the age of 15. And right after the preparations for the national team with the cadets, I got hit by a car and I lost my leg. So I didn't know what to do. And of course, I was at home doing the rehab. Uh, I mean, not other rehab, it's like rehabilitation, <laughs> learning how to walk and stuff. And uh, so somebody heard, of course, from the guys who were in the national team and in the sitting volleyball club. Uh, they heard that I was young, tall, and doing sports, so they were interested in getting me to sitting volleyball. So they were like uh, really boring and annoying and trying to get me to play sitting volleyball for the next three years. But I didn't want to because, uh, you know, I was a kid. I was 15 years old. I was in high school and I wanted to finish high school. So as soon as I finished high school, I started going to the university and I said, well, okay, let me try it. I missed sports. I have to do something. Try the Paralympic sports. So I went to one training session and it was great. I saw that I had uh, potential in it because I'm good at any kind of sports to be modest. Uh-huh. Uh, so it went really good and I just like said, okay, I'm going to go to the training sessions just because I don't have much to do with my time. But actually I really like the sports and start, it started to grow on me really fast. Okay. And if you had the choice back then as a 15 year old, would you be more, um, how would I say it, persuaded to have done wheelchair basketball if you had the opportunity to do it obviously with the crossover between obviously you've yeah. got the shooting skills already would you have obviously yeah. jumped on board sooner if it would have been that Paralympic sport well uh, they tried to get me to wheelchair basketball but I didn't like the idea of being in a wheelchair because I didn't have to be in a wheelchair uh, uh, as soon as I learned how to walk and uh, you know do it properly, do it normal. I went back to the basketball court and shoot some hoops with my friends, which is normal. And I didn't want it to be in a, I didn't want to be in the in a wheelchair. And that's the one thing. That's one thing about the sport which is good. I don't want to be in a wheelchair because I'm not supposed to be in a wheelchair. So I just sit on the floor, take your leg off, and which is it's much more liberating. Okay, at least for me. And and then probably that's probably the misconception people have of obviously of sitting volleyball. Obviously, you've got the likes of wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, um, wheelchair tennis. Obviously, all are played in chairs. Yeah. Obviously, there's that misconception that sitting volleyball. Obviously, you've got that sitting element within the its title is 
probably class in that bracket. Is that something you see yeah. a lot with people that you discuss it about? Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's a common uh, misunderstanding or a mistake by people because uh, not a lot of people are informed as well about uh, Paralympic sports as they are about normal sports, uh, which is which was the same thing for me. I didn't know anything about Paralympic sports because I didn't care. I mean, it's it's a hard thing to say. I really didn't care because uh, there's nothing about it in the media. It's not well covered, except when somebody wins a Paralympic medal or something like that. But you got to understand that was like, uh, what was it, 15 years ago? So, I mean, the awareness of Paralympic sports is much better now. And... Uh, they have a lot of, uh, they have better media coverage and everything. So now it's easier to be uh, uh, more informed about Paralympic sports and especially because of Facebook and all the social media and the way that we exchange information today, it's much more different than it was 15 years ago. That's definitely something I agree with. And with, on that point of getting it out to obviously people out there uh, do you believe in Croatia that there's still some way to go to get Paralympic sport on level par with able body sport uh, no unfortunately no because able body sport has uh, a lot more money in, in invested you know it's, it's a totally different level and I think it's never going to be on the same level because I mean, people are interested in uh, regular sports because it's easier for them to play it. I mean, if you want to play sitting volleyball, you have to come, you have to know which clubs are here and come to the training session. I mean, it's free. I mean, everybody can come here and play, but it's not just interesting for people because they don't know about it. And uh, I'm afraid it's not it's not ever going to be on the same level as able body sports. Okay. I, certainly, just because of the financial situation mm. and the political situation as well. I mean, politics is everywhere, unfortunately, as as well as in able-bodied sports, so it is in the Paralympic sport. That's probably what's not great about sport, obviously, is all the stuff behind the scenes. Do it, yeah. but what well, a lot of people don't see and the athletes have to deal with, probably not on a daily basis, but probably at least... At minimum once a year is obviously something yeah. political. Obviously, be it internally with the within the team, the politics yeah. that way or higher up. But I think it's it's happening in every country, not just. I'm not, I think I'm not just speaking for Croatia. I think it's uh, happening in every country, but people just don't want to say it. I mean, it's oh, it's one. It's it's one of those things. It's. Um, you try not to get too involved because obviously you say the wrong thing and it could have implications for your career down the line. So it's kind of towing, how would I say it, that fine line, okay, yeah. you might agree with, with something a teammate says or you've got a grievance about something, but you've got to look on the flip side. Well, if I say this or do that, what will that implication be on me down the line, yeah. which is probably not right, but it's what it is what it is. It's 
it's kind of I mean, beast in itself. I mean, uh, it's. Uh, I was working as a secretary general for the Sitting Volleyball Federation uh, for two years, and I know that I'm, I'm saying this because I know, I know what kind of way politics is involved in sport, and I really don't like it. So it's much better to be just an athlete. But uh, on the same side, nobody cares about it. I say the media don't care about it. But in 2011, when I decided, to, when I got the invitation to go play for Great Britain, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I mean, why not? And it's an opportunity. I'm going to take it. Uh, maybe to be at the London Paralympics. And uh, so I went to Great Britain. And as soon as I did that, I was out in the newspaper. Like I was a trader for the, uh, I was a trader. They said I was like, don't want to play for my country. I want to play for somebody else because, because of some stuff. I don't have like uh, <clears throat> enough, um, let's say, uh, conditions. We don't have good enough uh, conditions for training sessions and for games, which is true. But we try to make the best of it. That's mm -hmm. our clubs, but the Paralympic Committee doesn't really pay much attention to it. But now they pay more attention than they did before when I decided to go play for Great Britain. <clears throat> so, you know, <laughs> they don't care, but suddenly they do care when you do something that's wrong. So it's, as you said, you have to watch out what you're doing and yeah, so people I, who, I, I, yeah, I'd agree with that sentiment. It's probably they probably have done something because obviously the media took it on upon you to have a go at you. Okay, we'll do something about this so they don't get the how would you say the ramifications put on them down the line. Yeah. Well, why didn't you do yeah. this to stop more players going and playing for another country? Exactly. Exactly, because in Paralympic sports, you know, I think you have the same problem everywhere that uh, it's very difficult to include people with disabilities in sports because uh, you're not... If you're born with a disability, it's difficult to become a sports person. Like, it's difficult to get involved in sports. And if, you're, uh, if you get the disability by accident, like I did, and you go into sports and suddenly... Like, you've never been into sports before. So you, you gotta become a sports person as well, and uh, but it's a, it's a difficult thing because suddenly you're disabled, your whole life changes, and you should become a sports person. So we have a lot of people coming in and leaving straight away because sports is a different way of life than if you're not a sports person, you know. And I, I was lucky because I I was in sports, I was involved in sports before the accident, and I I just stayed in sports after the accident which is much easier for me and for people around me because because of obvious reasons. You know, you don't have to tell me a lot what I have to do, how I have to behave. Uh, you don't have to tell me to come to the training sessions because I want to. I know what good is going to be for me if I go there regularly and I, and I just kind of build myself into a better player. But that's, that's really a big problem because a lot of people come here and to, do, to try to do like sitting volleyball and uh, training sessions, but they don't stay because it's difficult for them. They think it's an easy sport, but it's not. I mean, you can't say for any sport that it's easy. It's, it's well yeah. when you say obviously coming into sport, it's 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 definitely a mindset thing. Obviously, if you're, it's it's kind of a, like a it easy is. way of explaining it. it. 
it's like a small club. Uh, and I had somebody say to me just a week ago, obviously you've got your like groups within schools, obviously the, the smart ones, the nerds, uh, the sporty ones, the jocks, obviously you're put in that category. If you're in that kind of that group to start with, it doesn't matter if you've obviously uh, come over from able-bodied sport and get an ac- have an accident and then come into Paralympic yeah. sport, you've already got that mindset uh, yeah. of sport that you've got a drive that you want to kind of have. You've got set goals where you okay, I want to achieve this, this, this to progress within that sport. Whereas, like you yeah. say, somebody coming in to a sport uh, and they've not done anything, well, we'll say recre- recreational at all in their lives as a, as a little bit of a... Da- um, kind of on a back foot to start with because obviously yeah. they've got to kind of get that mindset. Obviously, some people can. Uh, yeah. Others can, so uh, can't, I should I say. Uh, so for them, it's probably... Obviously, with, with regards to your club, it's probably very performance-oriented because obviously it's one of the better ones in Croatia. So obviously, yeah. you've got a, you guys have got a obviously a target. Obviously, we're a performance club, whereas probably somebody starting off might want to see it more as how would I put it, a hobby or something like that that they want to do from time to time. Whereas probably the higher end of your club. It's a little bit further on than that, and some people can't deal with probably the extra pressure of what that brings. But you know what we did, which is a good thing. Uh, Luckily, we have enough players so we can make two clubs. So uh, our club, Zagreb, uh, that's the club where, uh, of course, we are the champions of Croatia for a long time now because we work the hardest and we train the hardest and we put a lot of effort into uh, into our uh, game and uh, we tried to go to uh, international tournaments to get some experience from uh, other teams like Germany and Bosnia and stuff and next to Zagreb we have Agram which is uh, our club as well but it's for uh, recreational players so they can play the Croatian League they can play the Croatian Cup but they don't have any um, obligations about coming to the training sessions or you know it's it's like you come whenever you want whenever you feel like it they don't have a coach so they decide who's going to play and you know it's much more easy going but it's <laughs> it's much more difficult to play there because there's no structure mm. so if you if you're good enough and you if you want to try better if you want to improve then you go to Zagreb uh, and but it's basically the same club because we have the training session on the same court. Okay. Yeah, but the training session varies. I mean, Zagreb, we're doing uh, uh, some systematic training sessions. Our coach decides what do we do, and they don't have to do it. They can just play or do whatever they want, you know. So. Okay, well, I, I think it, it's a good thing. Well, it brings two, element, two sides of the coin, obviously, if you want to just mess about you've got that club and obviously if you've got expectations of progressing within the sport you've got that other side of it and obviously exactly you can kind of flip between one to the other depending on where you are in in that in your career and obviously you talked about coming over to the uk and that's where we we kind of 
the part past Matt. What what did you did you think of obviously the league structure over here? It's uh, it's different than we have it here in Croatia. We have leagues. Uh, we have one league, and uh, we have fourteen clubs. So we play every other week. We have a cup system as well. It's it's uh, it's quite different because it's a smaller country and it's easier to get one point from another than it is in the UK. And also we have a lot of uh, a lot of players, much more players than you have in the UK. I mean, thanks to the war that was happening 20 years ago. So, I don't know, I, I kind of prefer this way, uh, the way we play in Croatia. I mean, the Grand Prix system is good, but it has... It doesn't have the advantage of playing every other week. So, when you play a league structure like we do have in Croatia, and it's you get more experience in more matches with every team. So you play with the really strong teams, and you play with the really weak teams. So, I don't know. I think it's better this way. But you can't organize your league structure on our way because it's different you know because of the number of the clubs and the ability ability of people uh, going over because it also has to do with the financing of the clubs the way the clubs find their money and it's totally different than it is here i mean the germans don't have the the league structure as we do because they're a much bigger country mm-hmm. but they're really they're really good their national team is excellent but still, it all depends on the conditions that you have. I mean, I, I liked it there because we had the training sessions like four or three times a day, as I said, which was great for me because that was the national team. But club-wise, only two training sessions a week. And it's on the other side of London. And then you have, you have, you have to lose two hours to get there, mm-hmm. do a training session, which was not that well organized because not a lot of people show up every time and it's totally different every time you go there so it's I mean it's different and then something you probably alluded to obviously as you say we we, we had three sessions myself included because I was training at the time uh, with the national team obviously when it was broken down to when we went back to our clubs it was generally oh how does it put it in a nice way obviously the makeup of the national team was probably about two, three clubs anyway. So the level of the games were bar probably about two matches a Grand Prix were kind of yeah. oh, I'm trying to put it in a nicer way. Um, Challenging. No, but as in like when you're playing the uh, the easier teams, you generally yeah, yeah. drop down to that level. You yeah, didn't it's execute not that challenging. the things properly that you were supposed to, and obviously. But but still, uh, but still, we we have the same problem here, because our national team right now consists mostly of uh, players from my club from Zagreb, which is good, because uh, we can do our tactics at our training session as a club. We can do it for the national team, so we it's you know, it's. it's really important that you guys play a lot together so you can know each other better and that way you will function better as a team but still when we play the league I mean we are much stronger 
than any other club. So it's uh, it's also challenging to play with a lower level club on a high level. You know, it's it's really easy to relax and just like do some points. You know, you're gonna win. You really know you're gonna win, and if they take a set off of you, that's a great success for them. But if we play at one hundred percent, nobody can take a set off of us, and that's what happened two, three years in a row. We didn't lose one set in the in the cup or in the uh, league. But still, that's a, that's a part when you have to change your mindset and you have to be, you know, be on the top level all the time. It doesn't matter who your opponent is; it matters how you play. It's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. But well, it's like you say, it's a mindset. But I'd probably be more inclined, and probably the case of probably the the rest of the players, they held their hands up and be truthful. Obviously, most of the time, they don't do that. They go to the level, obviously, of the opposition, and yeah, it's easier because you don't have to. Execute things as well, because yeah. it's you're in your comfort zone. So if people were honest, they probably well, a lot of people, sports people, they yeah. they like to go to that comfort zone because obviously if I can uh, execute a skill at say sixty seventy percent of what I'm capable yeah. of, it doesn't take much effort to do that. Yeah, no, but it's all about oh, what do you want to do if you want to develop yourself as a player. Uh, I mean it. When you're playing against a weaker team, it sometimes you go, you can pass two or three rotations without touching the ball, and that's the biggest problem because then you get cold, and you have to move all of the time, and you have to be in the game, but you're not touching the ball, you know, because it doesn't, it can't even get to you. That's how good you play against the other team. So that's 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 the challenge, you know, to keep it on that level. And just move around and watch the game and try to be ready for when the ball comes to you. And you know, your touch lasts for less than a second and you have to do it right. So it can also happen on a on a high level in the European Championship or in the World Championship, you know, against some teams. So I mean it's very important to maintain it. But the problem is because it's a team sport, it has to be six people thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Not just one. So if two people are thinking that way, but four are not, and the game level drops instantly. Definitely That's the biggest challenge. Well, it's the same with any team sport. It's obviously yeah. you, you need everybody on the same page. Whereas yeah. That's probably what, uh, obviously, it's easier for the individual that compete, obviously, because they don't have to, the only person they have to worry about is themselves. If they yeah. drop... That's the exactly. person they've got to get back up. Whereas if you rely on somebody else on that day to compete, they have a look, they're off by one percent. Yeah, it can have a massive impact on the overall outcome. So. Yeah, and that's and that's uh, one of the problems in this sport because it's much more difficult to uh get to a higher level because it's a team sport of course and uh that's why people uh, find it so challenging and they quit easy because if you don't get into a good team straight away like I did uh it's it's there's a bigger chance that you're going to drop 
out from sitting volleyball and you're going to go into athletics or some individual sport. I mean, uh, you know that you have people who are who just joined sitting volleyball and they start playing and they suddenly realize, I mean, it's not going to be that easy to get uh, some kind of success, to get the Paralympic medal. So under false pretense, they quit the sport and they go to a much, much easier sport, individual sport, where they can get a medal and suddenly they're heroes in their country. I don't like that because it shows that they're taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Sitting volleyball, wheelchair basketball, and all the other team sports are much more challenging than individual sports. And I can say that because I've tried athletics, I've tried other sports. After five months of uh, throwing the discus and uh, javelin and shot put, I got I got two so three silver medals in Croatia in the national championship, and I was fourth in all three categories in the junior world championships after five months of training that shows you on how low level that sport is and it's not challenging for me it's much more challenging to play sitting volleyball against bosnia against russia against ukraine and germany and netherlands who are great teams in europe in europe and uh, it's, it's so difficult and you have so much to learn and you have to try really hard to to be better and it all depends on your teammates as well because you, know, you can be the best player ever but if your team is not that good you won't do anything you won't win any medals and that's uh, that's the downside that's the side that can get you to think uh, I want to quit this sport I want to do something where I will be rewarded that's the way a lot of people think well, going on that point, then I've probably gone the hard route then because I've gone the other way. I've gone from individual sport to team yeah. sports. I've gone the opposite but, way. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's much more challenging and it's much more difficult. Well, I, kind of, kind of emphasize your point. Obviously, if people, like you said earlier in 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 the show about obviously people think sitting volleyball is easy. I had that mindset, if I'm honest. I was watching the games uh, when I was competing out in Beijing. I thought, oh, this ball looks easy. But then when I actually actually tried it and fed back to the uh, guys from rowing, when I've actually done it, I'm thinking, I may have knocked it at the time, but it's harder than it looks. And then obviously, as I've progressed, it's become more, it's become easier. Obviously, now I've retired from the sport in general at the elite level. But it also becomes much more fun. I probably could still do volleyball, but not to the skill sets are not there. Yeah. But then that's as like you probably attest to as well. That's when you get frustrated. Oh, I used to be able to do this, and I used to not. And it used yeah. to be easy. So you get more yeah. frustrated with yourself. I mean, you you think it's easy, but when you sit uh, on the court and on the the other side, you have Iran or Bosnia or Russia and when they hit the ball at you you just want to go off court because it's not easy it's difficult 
and it's I mean it's it's far from easy you know it's that's that's what I like about the sport oh no I've always liked to, to play against the better better teams better opposition because I like to test myself against no, uh, I do that I, I like that as well but can you put yourself in a in a perspective of somebody who thinks it's an easy sport and goes to the tries to play the top level against top level teams oh, yeah, it can be very <laughs> they brought down they brought down to earth very very quickly then. <laughs> yeah because obviously we've had obviously for like training sessions with GB we've had able bodied people who have been standing players yeah. come in and train and obviously they've been playing it what was it for example I think it was 10 sometimes 20 years and obviously the skill set are there, but what they found challenging was obviously the moving around, and obviously yeah. that's probably a, an equaliser for any yes. impairment. Obviously the more limbs you have, the more difficult per se it is to get around, because obviously in theory the double amputees are quote-unquote the quickest ones to get on, on the from one end of the court to the other, because but they also have well, you like well, you, not you particularly, but obviously the single amps or say the bigger guys. You like to bully them at the net. Uh, I just thought that I like it. I do like it. Uh, it's fun, but it's uh, it's easier for us to play at the net. Well, it's one I mean, thing. Uh, every, yeah, good it's uh, it's it's uh, other side. I mean, if you're double amputee and it's easier for you to move left to right of course it is because you don't have legs to bother you but for me it's easier to move into back because I can push around with my leg and it's uh, and of course you have more stability if you have your legs if you have two legs or one leg one leg uh, you have more stability than if you're a double amp you know that when you're fighting on the net I can just push you over with my hands it's not bullying. It's using your strength, it's, it's your body strength. It's a ta- it's a sly tactic that it probably is. every team uses to it get an easy point or oh, we'll put it here. And the term is obviously for the the viewers and the listeners. Obviously, it's a form of jousting. And obviously, yeah. as Ivan says, yeah. most, well, would you say ninety percent of the time you'd win that that joust if the referee doesn't call it. Um, no, it depends on it depends on who I'm playing against. Oh no, I mean if it was a double amputee you were against. Oh yeah, but it also de- I don't know. It, it depends. It depends. I can't say. It's impossible to say because uh, you know we have double amputees who are excellent players, and it's uh, you got to know the other team and you got to know the other players and you got to look who's on the other side of the net across you and. Every rotation, it's a different tactics on how you're going to hit the ball, how you're going to make the point, and you gotta. Sometimes it's not you. It's not enough to use raw force. You gotta do something in an intelligent way, and that's the thing that you have to have. It sports intelligence to improve your game, and you have to develop it. And it goes with time and experience. Because when somebody makes you look like an idiot on the net, like. The Bosnians did to me, you know. <laughs> they they have their stuff. They're playing for a lot of. And when I started playing, and 
they actually they really make you look like an idiot when you you fall for those tricks, which are not tricks. It's intelligent way of playing. So then you start to realize, okay, I have to do that as well. I have to improve on that. I can hit the ball hard, but he's much more intelligent than I am, and it's easier for him to score points against me than it is for me against him. And then, obviously, you touched upon it earlier on in the podcast, obviously, with um, sitting volleyball in the Balkans area. Got yeah. a, lot, a lot of its players from, obviously, the war down there. Um, is it... Is, has, how are the terms? Is, has Bosnia become one of the leading nations within the sport because of that, you believe? Or... Is there a culture in that region that volleyball is a part of the culture anyway? Have you ever seen a standing volleyball Bosnian team play on any tournament? No. No, because they're not good. They're not good enough to play on that high level. Uh, in Croatia, we had a lot of uh, uh, Russian coaches, like Russian players in standing volleyball, so we have much more volleyball tradition than Bosnia has but the Bosnians did one thing good that Croatia didn't do so there's a lot of people who got injured during the war and so what they did is they tried to rehabilitate those people by putting them into sports to get their social lives back again to make them feel useful and the people liked it and they started playing it and I mean they did a better job than we did. They paid much more attention to it. But they didn't have any money. So the people played it for fun. They played it like, you know, they played it because they wanted to play and they wanted to improve. The good thing is about this, I mean the Balkans, is genetics. Most of us are really tall, strong. And uh, so that's our advantage. I mean... Next to, if you, see, if you look at Italy, I mean, it's genetics. You can see, you know, how like Montenegro, Serbia, Bosnia, Croatia, we are big, big people. So, I mean, you know that height has a lot of, a lot of, lot to do with uh, sitting volleyball. So, that's the good thing that they put to use when they start playing the sports. And, of course, they evolved it in a really good way. Um, I just took advantage of the, the fact that we had a lot of amputees and a lot of disabled people after the war and they just put it to good use. So people are playing volleyball and they reached the top level and now they're just holding that top level, which is excellent. We never reached the top level because until 1998 we had two sitting volleyball clubs in Croatia. Bosnia has two or three leagues, if I'm not mistaken. They have three leagues. So, that's a lot of clubs. That's a lot of people to choose from. And then, obviously, you say they've got two or three leagues. Also, at least the top one is... Obviously, they're one of the yeah. countries in the world that actually has professional league, whereas that's not the yeah. case in Bahrain, who's well, now gold medalists in Rio... They're the only two countries in the world. Yeah, Iran and Bosnia. Iran has 
I mean, volleyball is the second national sport next to football I think, in Iran. I had luck to play there in the Junior World Championship in, in Iran, and it's wonderful the atmosphere. Like this this is a sports hall full of people cheering. They know, they know about the sport. They, I mean, it's it's a totally different atmosphere than playing somewhere somewhere else where the sports hall is empty. It's like families, there's random people just coming in cheering for their country. Well, that's what the case was in the UK, obviously, before the the Paralympics. That's what the GB national team was used to, obviously. I'll say probably on average, maybe, at best, maybe 30 people. And then, obviously, in London, it was eight, 9,000 people. So it was kind of... Yeah. Even, even for me, as a, one of the only guys who'd done a Paralympics before, obviously, the guys asked me, well, what was the Paralympics like? Obviously... I can I can have what my idea of my recollection of it was for me, but obviously that's not gonna come across for you in the same way. Obviously, yeah. for that games and then every game is not not the same. So obviously, def- before the first game for me, obviously I didn't know what to expect. Obviously we'd known that ticket prices were sold out so you're thinking okay is that going to be our venue as well and obviously you come out okay I wasn't expecting this many people but once you once you relax and got into the swing of it obviously if I'm honest I've obviously we've played Russia I don't know five six seven times obviously that's probably the worst I've ever seen them play against us but then probably it was Having that partisan crowd, it, on, you know, on it, them, it makes a lot of makes a massive difference. So obviously, it, is, it does. But you, you know what uh, GB has done great? They advertise Paralympic sports before the Paralympic Games. They they're really good marketing. Mark they re- they did really good marketing on the Paralympic sports. That's why the venues were sold out, and I find it amazing. I find that great. That's the thing that Brazil didn't do. They didn't advertise the Paralympic sports enough, and their venues were not full, as it was the case in GB. Oh yeah, but with that re- relation to that, it's probably because it was for us how they marketed it. It was obviously Paralympic sport coming home, so it's it's kind of yeah, yeah. a win-win situation, and obviously. It was building on the success of the Olympic team and obviously how well yeah. they did. Obviously, people were like, okay, we want we want some more of this. Obviously, you had that two-week gap in between. Okay, let's get behind the yeah. British team. And obviously, how would I say this without being quite unpolitical to the Olympic team? Obviously, we, they've got their medal target. Obviously, within the Paralympic sports, well, we know we're going to beat that. That whatever they, whatever the, the Olympic team get as a total, uh, I kind of used it, not an arrogant, not in an arrogant way. I said to somebody, yeah. obviously with Rio in mind, I think the Olympic team got like fifty odd med- total medals. I said, well, okay, the Paralympic team will beat that within four days, yeah. and obviously yeah. they did. So it's kind of we've got a stronger but Paralympic team than the Olympics, and it's probably the case have- for a lot of countries. Then. That's true, and uh, also the thing that I said before is the competition on some of the sports is not is not on the best level. You know, 
so it's easier to get medals. But your problem and uh, was that you were founded GB national team City Volleyball was founded when they realized that there's going to be the Olympics in London and the Paralympics in London so you don't have the tradition of playing so you, you know you were that's 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 a big problem because oh, yeah, sports shouldn't be the uh, Paralympic sports shouldn't be founded just because somebody is going to be the host of the Paralympics it's probably a short sightedness from somebody probably with regard to yeah. that but then, as you, as you probably didn't touch upon, obviously, volleyball in this country is not a very big sport anyway. Yeah, no, no it's, different. it's different for every country. It's different. And you see how Brazil did it. Volleyball is a big sport in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a volleyball and football nation. And uh, so, I mean, they did a massive, massive improvement when they found out that they're going to have real games. They put down, they said, okay, we're going to have a really good Paralympic volleyball team. And you see what they did. They, they won silver in the world championship before the Rio. And that's very difficult to do. I mean, I don't know if people are, do understand how difficult that is to do. To win silver and Iran was bronze. Well, it's easy. It's hard. Well, to put it into perspective, it's hard enough to just break into, say, the top five yeah. in yeah. the world. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of like small clubs. Obviously, you've got, yeah. before that, that World Championships, obviously, Bosnia and Iran in that little club at the top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there will always be the finals. And then generally, what was it, Egypt, Russia, and I can't Germany. Think. And obviously in that bracket, and then everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> after that, and everybody else fights for scraps from the fifth place downwards. But it's it's, it's an amazing achievement what they did, and I'm really sorry to see that the, the GB team didn't, you know, continue on this uh, on the same way of development as they were before the games. Well, I think I've seen something not long after this games to promote to get it back off the ground. I don't know if it's solely for the women's program or both, but there is media media stuff about it. But then it's, in my opinion, and probably if others are honest, it's probably four years too late because they've yeah. lost, obviously, that momentum... Yeah, London games. Exactly. exactly. And then obviously you're already four years behind all the other countries to start with and then you're kind of unless you can persuade most of the players that were leading into London to come back or stay in the sport you're starting from scratch again and obviously the money is not there what it was for London so you're kind of starting off on a difficult That's, to that start was with. My, that was my next point is uh, funding the federations you know the way that you fund the sports it's totally different I mean we have some private donors but not that much private donations mostly we get funded by the Croatian Paralympic Committee which gets their money through the government 
So we get funded by tax money. So when you, when you mean fed, our federation funding, do you mean as in lottery funding? Do you mean that? Yeah. That, yeah. That, probably, that, well, that has only come about because of how poorly the Olympic team did in in Atlanta. So it's only, if, if they'd had yeah. probably an okay games, would that would that exist today? Who knows? Yeah. But Who then knows? obviously we've built upon probably a, a terrible g- a games. Obviously of only winning, I think what was one gold medal. Obviously you put into subsequent games and we've won in the Olympics. Obviously one gold medal. Now would be an absolute catastrophe. It would be probably lose yeah. loads of people lose money, uh, lose their jobs, and then obviously it's obviously invested in the athletes. Obviously now they can go full time. Uh, the sports science teams behind it's obviously psychologists, physiologists, all yeah. that. What it's, goes it's into sports? Of, it's a lot of uh, you know people working around it, but you have to understand that uh, everything starting from the club level. Over here, we're not paid to play. We don't get any money to play. This is, this is good fun. We do it for the hope that we're going to win a medal on the European Championship or World Championship that we're going to improve. And when we do that, then we, we get funding. Like athletes, we get funding. And our sports gets more funding. So it's basically our goodwill and our desire to improve that keeps us going uh, at a club level and fortunately we have a good club that you know and uh, that gets we try we make projects so we can uh, get funding from the city or from the government so it's just you know we need funding to go on tournaments and if you go on tournaments, you have to make the sacrifice to come to every training session to do the most you can so you can make a better result. And in the end, so you, you can prepare yourself better for the Europeans or the World Championship. And that's it. So it starts on the club level. And if it starts on the club level, it also starts at the, every person. You, know, you have to decide for yourself what are you going to do and how you're going to progress and what what are you going to give to the team and to the sports generally well that's an interesting one you, you, you bring up with club level obviously probably that's where investment should be probably more uh, heavily invested as opposed to this, the top level because obviously if you've got a greater um if you've got a greater depth of talent at the bottom obviously as you progress higher up that pyramid uh, you'll have more athletes to choose from as you progress up so it's more, it's it's something obviously we do I won't say we do a fairly good job obviously with funding within uh, grassroots sports obviously it's at the top level it's heavily centralised funding obviously with UK sport but then obviously at grassroots each home nation focuses on their their own uh, their own little niche obviously Wales look after itself uh, England will look after itself Scotland and and not forgetting Northern Ireland as well so obviously they all look after 
their grassroots. Obviously, some sports will get more money than others, but that's generally the case with even if that, even at the top level, it's based on results. You bring in results, yeah. you get more money. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 the way it works. You know it everywhere. Well, it's it's something it's. It's 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 something it's a system I agree with. Obviously, that's how life works. You, you yeah can, yeah you, you can you can get you can get you can be rewarded for something you you're not good at. It makes no sense. So you have to try and work hard to be better, and then you can get the reward if you make a result. Some but some people are expecting to get rewarded just because they're here. People are unrealistic. Yeah, but that's if we look up look at that one. Obviously, with people want something for nothing. That's probably yeah, yeah. what's wrong with society now. It's going <laughs> yeah. that way. Oh, I don't need to do that. Somebody else will do it for me. Whereas yeah. in the old days, obviously your family, your friends, they looked after each other. Whereas yeah. now it's going kind of the total opposite way. Now why should that's, my family look after me? That's what the that's what the government's for. But that's also one of the aspects of being disabled. I mean, uh, you really shouldn't expect anybody else to look after you financially or any other way. You're you're no different. I mean, some things are a bit difficult for you, more difficult than for other people. But still, why should it change? Why should I get something because I'm disabled? Why should I get funding because I'm disabled? I mean, it's this is sports. Sports is different. Sports is a uh, you get funding for results, and disabled people don't realize it, and that's one of the biggest problem problems uh, in disabled sports is that disabled people are not actually sports people. They don't have the mindset. What we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know. So there's a, it's, it's a lot of lot. It has a lot to do with psychology and uh, you know changing the way people think about themselves and about other others and their role in this sport. Like you should be grateful for me coming over and wanting to play. Oh, I'm grateful for you giving me the opportunity to play and you know to get better and to go and travel around you travel around the world and meet new people and get new experiences I'm grateful for that you shouldn't be grateful that I'm playing I mean you should be happy because I'm a good player but not grateful yeah that's something I agree with obviously uh, something I was reading uh, not long after London with um, a disability organization in the UK obviously saying uh, that Paralympics was um, how would I say this uh, it portrayed disabled people in unachievable um, ways obviously by them going beyond going above and beyond their disability it's okay yeah I can ag- I can agree to that to some degree okay yeah. that's your opinion yeah I, I can accept that but okay, for a normal person, okay, that's maybe not achievable. But in another light, why are you knocking somebody for yeah. 
going beyond, up above and beyond, and pushing themselves to not overcome their disability, but making the best of what disability they've got and doing sport. And then obviously, on the flip side of that, obviously... A lot of a lot of the media obviously look at the background story of a disabled athlete. Yeah. Also, they got injured in a war, uh, had a road accident, blah blah blah. Instead of looking at obviously why they're why they say for for example to the Paralympics, they're at the Paralympics. Yeah. You, you probably something you'd attest to, and myself included. I don't care what the other person's story is to how they got to that point and that would be the same with that person you you want to beat that person and that's it you don't care how they got from A to B and generally I think that's what's wrong about obviously the media they focus probably too much now on on the, on the personal to, to get in there as opposed to at the yeah, end of the day they're there because of the sport you you can you can always uh, in that period when the Paralympics were about to start in London you could see in the media like interviews with disabled people you mean the disabled sports people and the emphasis was on their personal story as you said which is uh, is okay, but it has nothing to do with the Paralympics. The Paralympics are just about results in sports, and everybody is equal. I mean, you can be a great person, but if you suck, you suck. It's a hard way. I mean, it's a maybe it's a bad thing to say that, but that's my opinion. I won't. I mean, I like it when somebody's a good person and they're a good sports person, but. Yeah, but what it, come, it comes down to at the end of the day, obviously, okay, maybe the, the Paralympic roots are obviously on uh, getting more people into sport, but that's when it was obviously based on rehabilitation, whereas now it wants to be see itself as equal to the Olympics. So at the end of the day, it's about, well, sport in general is about winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sports is sports. It's just about winning and having the best results. And it's, I, I think it's one of the things that I find ridiculous is letting Pistorius uh, run with uh, able-bodied first people. I mean, what, what, what did you want to prove? You can run. No, you can't. You lost. It's, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's different. It's like... I, I don't know, I'll, I'm never going to be able to throw the discus as far as the world champion in normal discus is going to be thrown. You know, it's, it's, it's silly. I mean, we all have our categories. It's, when, uh, that, I don't think that was a good move when they let him run with uh, able bodies. When you, when you say that, is it, do you believe that he doesn't know his... or he's not accepting of where he's you at? Should accept- yeah, you should accept your limitations. I mean, you can uh, you can say I have no limits, but you do. You know, every person has their limits. I mean, uh, you will never be able to run 
run that fast because you don't have your own joints. You have two prosthetic legs. It's more different. It's incomparable. It's great if you compare. Can you go back a little, about five seconds, because it just broke up there. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's. It, you shouldn't even compare. You, you should, I think you should never compare able-bodied sports to disabled sports. Or the sports people, you know, by, uh, with the results. I don't know. They, they, <laughs> maybe I've got a bit off topic, sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's a valid point, but obviously we it's probably something you'd like you'd probably agree with that you'd like to be especially probably more so public perception and the media is being seen on equal headings with somebody that's able-bodied be it financially uh, and marketing and things like that obviously it's they definitely have a one-up on disabled people yeah, straight away. Yeah, definitely. It's not a problem, big. But my, my you know, certainly I am uh, not that good because because uh, being to Paralympic sports, I don't like Paralympic sports that much. I don't find them interesting. It's, it's, it's that's your, that's your opinion. I can accept. I can accept that. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, I find the very uh, competitive. Except some sports I know about, I've tried, but it's boring for me to watch it. It's it's never going to be uh, the same as watching football sports. Well, yeah, that's a, that's probably true, uh, isn't it? Because obviously, I don't even. I don't even think about uh, the things that, like, uh, being equal with uh, able-bodied sports is never going to happen, so I'm trying to think about it, it's just think about your own progress and your own, and I don't care if somebody doesn't write about me if I win eight gold medals, if somebody doesn't write, so who cares, it's my success, it's it's my achievement, and people really... Uh, I think they look too much about other people, what they think of them, and you know you shouldn't you shouldn't judge your judge yourself or your sports on the way other people think about it. If it was like that, I would never play any Olympic sports because people don't care about it. Most of the people. That's probably a true reflection on that. Obviously, some sports have a little bit more uh, yeah. popularity. As opposed yeah, to others, definitely. obviously, and obviously that's the way it's going to go. And then obviously, what's your thought? Obviously, and it always come up. It seems to come up every four years about the Paralympics merging with the Olympics in the future. What What would Defin- your thoughts defin- be on if that actually ever happened? Definitely not. What? Why, why is that reason? I don't know why? Why? It's a totally different sporting sporting event. Why makes it? I would be I would be annoyed if I would go to the Olympics, and the uh, Paralympics were in between some of the I don't know basketball matches I would like to watch. I wouldn't go and watch it because you know you go for one thing, 
if you want to go to the Paralympics, go to the Paralympics. If you want to go to the Olympics, go and watch the Olympics. I, but, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, there's a political and financial issue about that. That's different thing. I don't, I'm not really into that, so I can't. Well, it's one of those. It. It's one of those things. It's kind of like another topic, isn't it? It's it's, it's so yeah. so many other other factors that will come into it. Obviously, yeah. if they did merge, obviously, what would you get rid of out of the Paralympics to be able to fit it into the program? And that's that's the ridiculous thing. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't get rid of one sport just to fit in with the able body. It's 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 not good. You should be evolving your sport, not not uh, cutting it down just because you want to be at the same events as the Olympics. And well, it's probably, I think it's bad for the sport. It's probably the same case, but obviously with the Paralympic movement expanding, obviously getting more and more sports in, into it. Yeah. Obviously, something's got to give within another sport, which I think is probably wrong. Obviously, maybe if you want more sports to come in, what it's probably something people don't know listening and watching. Obviously, the village is obviously so big, but it's got enough capacity for the Olympic athletes. Obviously, the Paralympic uh, Games doesn't have as many athletes, obviously, so it's, the accommodation is still there. Instead of, obviously, trying to condense it all into two weeks, I don't know why they don't. Obviously, obviously, if you're going to bring in new sports in, keep the quota they already have of the athletes yeah. within the uh, the. Yeah. It's generally the more popular ones, athletics, women, that lose out, yeah. lose an event or two. Obviously, why not leave it in there? And obviously, expand the event from two weeks to three weeks because the accommodation yeah. is not going to change it's there already. So that if the, it's possible, why not? Obviously, there might be underlying financial constraints that that's why that's not possible. But it's it's, it's a much bigger you know question. It involves so much more things. Everything has pros and cons. James, I will say, have to. Uh, say goodbye now because I have a training session. I'm sorry. Alright, no worries. Yeah, we can, uh, we can continue some other time. Okay. It's not a problem if it's necessary. And uh, once again, sorry for my English and thank you for having me. No worries, thanks for coming on. And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it will be more visible in future to others, and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast.